This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that was palpably relieved after the win against Sheffield uh, United on Saturday. And uh, I have to say, it was it, uh, great fun. Good day out, actually, more of which later. Um, I think I think JK summed the match up beautifully in his uh, fan bite, as he always does. Uh, turgid is one word I would have used to describe the first half, lugubrious uh, is also very appropriate, but uh, much better second half. Uh, played some decent football, won the game, uh, and uh, you can't really ask for more than that. And uh, you know, uh, and I had a good time. Saw lots of really good people. So there you go. Anyway, the title of tonight's show is uh, you will not be surprised to hear it is palpable relief. Uh, Chelsea fancast number one thousand and ninety-two, and as always, I have His Royal Highness the Duke of Kid. Oh, Duke, 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 Duke of Kid. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm feeling a bit lowness today because I'm still a bit poorly. But yeah. um, me and all, mate. Uh, oh, yeah. Chesty. Yeah, yeah. Same as. But we'll see. We'll see. Well, I'll see if I've got enough energy to last through the show tonight, Chidge. Not sure I will. If I fall asleep, I have to have a lie down. You'll understand. I will. Well, we'll, we'll make it about an hour and a half and I can go and eat my casserole, which is slow. That would be lovely. Actually, I, got... I, don't, I haven't turned it down. So maybe I should. Haven't rejected it. No, no, mm-hmm. I'll be all right. I'll have to go and turn it down at half time. Okay. But there you go. Anyway, um, yeah, lovely to see you. Um, we nearly saw. I nearly saw you on Saturday, but that that trip had to be aborted because Ben, Ben was actually in the pub where I was supposed to meet him, and then when I got there, he must have gone a gnat's cock before I got there to go and get his train. So there we go. Never mind. If I'd known there was a train, I'd have tried to gallivant quickly out of Aussies. I had I had a guest though, so it was tricky to. Um, who did you take? I took Jonathan Tuffler, who's my uh, 
my father's friend and a fellow Chelsea fan, and I've known him. He's an actor, a very good actor. I've known him for several years. And he's a very good um, discerning critic and uh, frequently puts me in my place, mm. as in fact, so many people that I watch football with. So, so many so many of the people we do when off the post, I always think, God, oh, they know much more than we do. But um, so many people on uh, Mixler are like that. But, um, but yeah, no, it's nice to have a... Um, a, a, a a terrific fan beside me who disagrees frequently with my observations. I mm. like that. Okay. Interesting. Uh, we yes. have a guest, of course. Oh, do we? We oh, do. Yeah. It's Monday. Therefore, we have... Oh, we didn't last week, did we? Because it was just me and no, you. I, thought, I know. I thought, that, I thought that was it from now on. Okay. You thought I was going to bin them all off, did you? What, yeah, do, you, what just... do you think I... Who do you think I am, mate? What do you I'm think I'm like? I'm a Not I'm bloody Stalin, for God's sake. Yeah. I know, of course, ridiculous. Of course we have a guest. Here he is in front of me. <laughs> He's wearing a Gate 17 hat because he is indeed, he is, he is indeed from Gate 17. He's uh, an author, he's a publisher, he's a savant, great knowledge of the team, all-round lovely man. It is, of course, Mr. Marco Waddle. Beep, 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 Well, thank you for the intro, J.K. I'm sure the beeps are a bit rubbish. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened to it. It's, it's good. It's uh... Quite retro, really. Spontaneous retro, almost 1990. I was almost raving, yeah. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for having me on your wonderful show, Mr. Chidge. Well, there you go. I think I was I was a bit stung by your, your last time we had you on a few weeks ago, saying, well, but I'm, I'm never on Chidge, and, 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 <laughs> you know, so uh, I, I felt awful. And here so, I am. I know, just like that. There you go. I think you're on again in January, but uh, we've got a few weeks before we get to that Good. yet. Yeah, quite right. Now, I know. I mean, you know, let it not be forgotten here, people of Mixler and beyond, that uh, Mark Worrell is uh, uh, the longest serving official, unofficial Chelsea fancaster, other than me, because um, he was on, I think, the first year we did the show, actually, because I got you on for that book, didn't I? Yeah. When yeah. was that? 2009? Well, it, yeah. Yeah, because we started in 2008, in April. I might have even got you on in that summer. I can't remember. It's, you know, I can't remember. I do remember making a few short pilgrimages to... To Putney, um, yeah. Putney, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had you, you and Dave and, had you, Dave and Kelvin on together in one, one show. I remember that. That must have been for Chelsea here, Chelsea there. Yeah. When did you publish that? 2009 yeah. sort of autumn i think i had you on before that for one of the other books you know <laughs> one man went to mo maybe yeah, yeah reckon it might have been. so there you go so yeah so marco is is he's an original but then we knew that anyway um right uh as ever uh don't forget you can listen to the show live Live every Monday and Friday at seven thirty p.m. Uh, by going to Mixler, which is uh, Chelsea-Fancast.mixler.com, where of course you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page. As so many of you lovely people do, got a good crowd in here tonight. Many of the usual uh, faces, of course, and I, I haven't really read it very accurately here, but um, I'm just going to swing back. Um, yeah, if Bob if Bob is in here tonight, he is in here tonight. Bob, sorry uh, to hear about your dog, mate. I know you'd had a for a long, long, long time, 14 years, in fact, it says here. So that's a real kick in the gonads. So I'm really sorry to hear that and hope you're bearing up and doing all right. Hopefully we can lighten your mood 
somewhat this evening. But uh, many others in there along with Bob. Uh, you can follow us on all the socials, of course, at Chelsea Fancast. Listen and subscribe on ACAST, Spotify, Apple and all good podcast platforms. And, uh, of course, it is obligatory, mandatory, in fact, that you have to leave a five-star uber-glowing review. Now, the other thing you can do is, of course, you can join us on Patreon. Oh, yes, which is basically a website designed to fleece you of a few shekels every month, uh, all in a good cause. It's to show your love and appreciation and support for what we do. Uh, There's no pressure. If you don't, or if you do, I love you all equally. I generally mean that. But if you do want to show some support, it is patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And if you do, you will uh, get a link sent by me, if you ask, for the Discord group. And uh, you will also get a Kerry Dixon mini banner if you want one and you send me your address. So there we go. Uh, Right, after a very short break, we'll be back to talk about Chelsea versus Sheffield United. Righty ho. Um, I mean, honestly, I see your fan bites, mate, and I just think, you know, why bother doing a two-hour show? He actually nails it in two minutes. But uh, um, I mean, it was kind of, uh, you know, I mean, actually, do you know what? Before before I get into that, I'm going to start with with the pub actually because it was so exceptionally fun. I met so many damn good people uh, on Saturday, uh, which it reminded me that. Even if we'd lost, it wouldn't have mattered that much because it just reminded me, well, that's really why I go anyway. But I'm just going to give you a roll call here. I I met Jay and Arisha. Actually, I met them at at the store because I saw Marco and Dave and Chuckles at the store. I was then to meet them in the pub afterwards, brilliantly. But in the pub, I saw Graham, Danny Boy, of course, Yarin Levy. It was lovely to see him. Ben, Benny Boy on the trust. Tony Glover was in full effect. Martin. Tracy, Mars, Walker and Grace. Walker, Rice. I, I'm Walker, who, of course, I didn't recognise because he had a bloody hat on and he didn't half give me some stick about that quite rightly. Pablo, remember Pablo? Loza from The Beautiful Game, Sam. I even saw John Fleming, the old reprobate, who's, who said, oh, it's my favourite lefty and gave me a big hug. Bless him. Uh, John and Ben, uh, I saw in the ground. Alan, I saw in the pub afterwards. Nathan, I had a lovely drink with Nathan afterwards. Kunal, Nikki. I saw the lovely Jenny B, uh, and uh, I saw Terry, and uh, I shall get onto this in a minute. In fact, no, I'll get into it now, because when I got into the ground, uh, that's true blue Terry, actually. But when I got into the ground, I sat down in my seat, and this uh, lovely young young lady said, Ah, oh, you're Chidge. I said, I am. She said, I saw you at the Troubadour. I was sitting in the front row at the Kerry and... Uh, Tommy do the other week I'd brought my dad along and I thought oh how lovely how nice to be able to sit next to somebody who, who kind of you know listens to the show and stuff so I had an absolutely lovely I mean actually the most of the first half passed me by but that's probably because it was turgid JK but I spent most I of it young lady. I remember the young lady she yeah was a charming young lady I noticed her from my seat yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So I sat next to Anna uh, for the whole, whole match and spent most of the first half talking to her 
and she's very knowledgeable and very lovely she was too and then her her sister sarah came up and joined us for the second half but uh lovely to meet you anna and sarah by the she way she had two mules with her she didn't have two mules for sister sarah no, no. Uh, but i was clearly playing the clint eastwood role it goes without saying <laughs> um but there we go so, so that- were you sucking a cheroot <laughs> i beg your pardon Oh, a cheroot. Uh, no, no, I wasn't, because you can't smoke in the ground. I think that's still an offence in these parts. It is, it is. But anyway, look, cutting to the chase rather than blathering on. Um, no, it's good to see so many people in the pub. Really loved seeing you. Loved having a beer with you all. This is why we go. This is brilliant. I loved it. Uh, and as I said, brilliant seeing Anna and Sarah. Now, um, yes, JK, the first half looked like deja vu all over again, didn't it? Low block, lots of possession, no goal threat. And I was thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, it's going to happen again. But the second half, uh, dear old Poch made a very interesting tweak. I think he kind of went 4-2-4 and he had Palmer up on the right, which gave him a lot more room. And we looked a lot different than we scored. And of course, the minute we score, boom, you know, that was knowing that Sheffield United can't score. Even I felt, well, okay, we should be all right. Uh, but I didn't really, if the truth were to be honest. I felt all right when the final whistle went. But it was a bit of a weird match, wasn't it, really? There's that terrible fear, isn't there, that, that regardless of how much possession we've got and regardless of how many shots we've got, they'll they'll get a breakaway goal somehow. We'll make some error. We'll make some stupid error. Somebody, The ball will be just booted down the pitch and somebody will miss it. That's happened so often, so, so often when we've been all over a team. But as you say, he, he actually allowed... Um, Palmer to be unleashed and Palmer Palmer is the best player on the pitch. Palmer was Palmer is just a, a completely different kettle of fish from anybody else that we bought at the moment. I mean, you know, we hope that some of them will come through, as we keep saying in the project. And I have to say, I thought Casado had his best game because he seemed to have an enormous amount of energy and suddenly skill. Like from the very beginning, he was absolutely up for it. There was no hanging about. Whether this was because he'd played him slightly further forward which he looked to me as if he had because Fernandez wasn't playing. So we actually pushed them up a bit more because you had um, Connor playing once again. You know, the energy of the boy is remarkable. Him him up front in a kind of pressing midfield role. Um, but uh, the, the dilemma that the, the back four have is I think that I think Colwell is he's in a kind of Emerson mould when he plays left back, which he's being forced to do. In that his body is already aiming towards the goalkeeper. He's already in that kind of position so the ball is passed to him and he on his left foot he's always going to go sideways or back he's, it's just not in his mindset to set something up he, he isn't a you know there's no comparison with with um, Chile and Reese in any way whatsoever who are you know once again we have to go back to that top top players and this is the problem is we're attempting to replace top top players with players who are unproven or don't quite know their roles or are playing out of position and um uh, it was no surprise, therefore, that this constant passing of the ball back, as I said in my fan, but the bloke behind me practically had a got apoplectic, you know, dis- disappearing into his chair with the fact that he almost ripped it to pieces and threw it on the pitch, despite being in Aussies. Um, hated it so much. Kept saying, not backwards, not backwards. And I was surprised the steward didn't appear and uh, and suggest to him that he calmed down. But um uh, it, it, this, we seem to be lacking in any kind of, um, I don't know, ability to to Im- impress the ten men who were uh, impress upon, I should say, the ten men because Im- impressing them wasn't what we were trying to do. We weren't trying to make them think, oh, they're good. We were trying to get a goal, obviously. Um, but I, I, I sort of praise his try- attempting to play Mudrick again. Um, 
uh, um, this big thing he said in the press, which we'll get on to, is that he said when players are tired, he, he just doesn't play them. He's happy he doesn't want them. If they say, no, I want to play, he will say, no, the, the chart is saying that you're, you're too tired. So I think he did that with Fernandes because Fernandes then came on and played bizarrely number eight up front again, but but ran around an enormous amount. And, um, and at least it gave Mudrick an opportunity to... Uh, the thing what he seems to do all the time is skin the opposition fantastically. But but then his final ball is frequently just so dreadful. And they had a shot. One of the shots he had went out for a throw. Do you remember that terrible moment when he, he had a go? But but the, the long ball over the top, and you see Silver. Silver gets irritated. You watch him. He gets irritated by the lack of pace. So they're aware of what they're not doing. But as you say, Chidge, second half, he applied a different sele- different selection of a different setup. I mean, he said a weird thing in the after the game in the they were all too static in their positions and he got them to move around a bit. Well, you know, you think that's what they'd be able to do themselves. But I think what he ultimately meant was that he just changed the positions for them and it allowed Palmer to be unleashed. And Palmer is is the standard of player that we should have been buying. As I say that, you know, if they've got, if they're going to get some time to get up there, if it's going to improve, well, Palmer has started running. You know, you get in there. I've, I've waffled on Marco. But um, I've, been, I've come around in a, in a circular way to say that I think Palmer is great. He's a great player. And I think the future is his for Chelsea. I really do. I think he's fantastic. Um, yeah, brilliantly uh, brilliantly summed up there, Mr. Kidd. Um, I just, just the point on, on Palmer, I, I mean, I, to- I totally and utterly completely agree. I think he's the bollocks, as they say. Um, but I think it's interesting, isn't it, what you say? This is the kind. This is the standard of player they should have been buying, but I think the the problem with that is that nobody knew he was this good. He's yet another one of another the one. of the young ones with potential, but in a way, it just shows you what a bloody lottery and risk that is, because none of us knew he was any good. He'd done all right a couple of games for City, you know. He'd done all right at the under twenty ones when they think they won the tournament, but so did Madueke. So, you know, it just shows you how hit and miss that is because I don't think anybody could have uh, foreseen that he would be this good. What say you, Mr. Waddle? Um, So um, I totally agree with all the points made about um, Cole Palmer. I think what's interesting is he's come through um, an English academy side Um, although he didn't get opportunities to play um, with with Manchester City, nevertheless, he's already fully aware of the rigours and demands of the Premier League. He's been schooled on um, the the nuances of playing football in this country. So it was interesting that when Chelsea signed him, people went, really? That's a bit odd. Um, and made all those points. Um, and yeah, you know, it, that was a hefty price tag he, he, he was acquired for. Um, but, but he's hit the ground running. Um, I think obviously he has the ability, but because, um, he wanted to, he wanted, he, he thought that he should have been playing in that Manchester City team. Um, he thought that, you know, he's as good as Phil Foden and should have been given opportunities. Unfortunately, um, you know, the, the, the makeup of the City t- team kind of meant that, you know, he, he was kind of maybe behind, you know, Alvarez 
for, for starters. Um, so those opportunities weren't going to be there. So he had that motivation um, and he knew he was going to come to Chelsea and because of um, injuries and players being moved on, that potentially he was going to get an opportunity to show what he could do from the get-go. And that and that's exactly what's happened. And I think it was a bright idea. I don't know whether he insisted or Poggettino had, you know, for him to be the penalty taker. So he got a few goals under his belt. You know, he's got a song to his name. The fans are chanting for him. All of that stuff helps build um, confidence that these, these young players need. And I think that's what's been lacking um, elsewhere with some of the other acquisitions. So, you know, you mentioned Mudrik earlier. Um, you know, yeah, the lad's got fantastic turn of pace. Yes, he can go past a man, but he always ends up pushing the ball that little bit too far in front of him. The final ball's not always telling. And, and as JK described, he, he did loft what was meant to be a shot in, into the corner of uh, the, the the shed stroke West stand um, where it went for a throw in. Um, so, uh, you know, with, with, with him, he, he came from, uh, you know, playing football in uh, Ukraine and, you know, it's not the same thing. Uh, I mean, with, it's just, it's grown up with a different set of expectation um, you know, where it's like, you know, I, I always tell Misty when, when she's been progressing through her education, she's kind of like started off and she's the brightest kid in the class. It's a bit like, you know, the best footballer in the school. And then you join the county side and um, there are three or four left backs who are as good as you. And then you go to, and go for a trial at Chelsea and the 50 left backs who are, who are better than you. And I, I think, you know, Cole Palmer, to be at the elite level that he's had, has had to do that, you know, ever since he was like eight, nine, ten. So obviously he's got the ability, but within him, his, his mental strength and character has already been defined. And fair play to Pochettino for giving him that opportunity and for him to take, give him the responsibility of the penalties, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he sees that and you can see um, the player there, whereas, you know, the others, like you mentioned, uh, Majueki before, um, you know, you could argue he's a similar player, but we haven't seen anything. There was some question about discipline um, in, in nightclubs. And he's an English kid who kind of made his name playing um, in, in the Eredivisie before coming back. But... It's, it's just not the same. Um, and you could say that for, I don't know, the, the rest of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah easily, you know. Yeah, yeah. I know, it's a, it's a conundrum, isn't it? Um, now, talking of conundrums, JK. Hi. Um, young Nicholas Jackson, or should we call him young Nicholas Offside Jackson, because that's where <laughs> he spends most of his time. In fact, somebody compared him unfavourably to uh to Loic Remy. Loic Remy of all people who also was spent most of his career at Chelsea being miles offside. Um but dear Nicholas Jackson scores a goal again. Um now, if you talk to my big friend Kerry Dixon, 
he will say, mate, strikes, jobs, score goals, doesn't matter where you score them from, come off your ass. I don't care, it's a goal. And you kind of go, well, you kind of know what you're talking about because you scored a lot of them. But, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't quite, quite know where I sit with it, JK, because I think he's shit. <laughs> But on the other hand, he scored seven goals. What on earth do we do with a? How do we unwrap the enigma that is Nicholas Jackson? Um, I, I had a sort of dispute on X with somebody about this today, who said um, said he's a great. He taps in. He's a tapper inner, as if somehow this was a a plus. Um, and I said, yeah, but what about a header? What about a? A man who scores with a volley from the edge of the area. What about a man who darts in and hits it as it comes over his shoulder? <laughs> what about a man who uh, um, does a one-two and strikes it very low into the corner? So we're not seeing any of that, and that's what strikers do. All we're seeing is man who taps in. And all right, yeah, congratulations, he's got there. And, you know, the other man who could have tapped in was Broya, who managed to perform a Kesman. I actually was... Was impressed by his ability to hit the ball and a Kalu and a Kalu. That's a Kesman and a Kalu. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Both of them. Can, well, both both of them did. Both of them did it. Both of them did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ability to hit the ball over the bar when you're actually on the goal line is something that I, you know, hey, you, that you've got to commend them for that. Um, but no, I agree with you completely, Chidge. He he isn't he he isn't by any means um, good enough for this level, and this is the problem I keep having. With, with all of them, with everybody's trying to, to say that, uh, well, I'm talking about social media, they're making huge allowances for everybody, but they're not applying the standards of the elite club that we aspire to be and the elite club we have been. Because, you know, 15, 10 years ago, we wouldn't have countenance having a player of this level playing centre-forward for us. Well, We'd have laughed. we did. We, we had Kalu and we had uh, Kesman. Well, yeah, well, yeah, but I think their, their build-up play was better from both of them, if you look at some of the ability but, they had. It was just in front yeah. of goal, they were. They had terrible, terrible luck in front of goal, really, didn't they? I mean, Kesman particularly. Particularly, yeah. yeah. But in this instance, he, he, why I feel that to, dis, to, to write him off now would be foolish is because he was so good in pre-season. And it's almost as if there's a, a player trying to get out and it's almost as if he's flagging up by saying, no, look, I'm scoring, I'm scoring, I'm good. And the very fact that he has scored these number of goals and when previous occupants of the position who were terrible didn't score at all, Chris Sutton is an example, um, uh, just couldn't get the ball in the net. But so that is almost a testament to the, the fact the ball is being laid on for him. But um, his his close control, ability to hold the ball up, have shots from distance to hit the target. I mean, he had a decent curler, but it had been greatly discord because it would have changed people's perceptions. But he, he just isn't at the moment, um, uh, as my grandmother used to say, the full ticket is not the full ticket. He's a sandwich short of a picnic. Exactly that kind of thing. He's uh, he's a buff pass. No, he's not. Not even that. He's he's not he's he's not doing what we expect a striker to do. Well, he, he, he is scoring goals, but it's just everything yeah, but, else but is a load of how many? How many? Everything else, and how many more know. goals would he have scored if he'd been one of the well, like any? I, I know, but this is why it's, this is why it's 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 as always, J.K. These things are never black and white. I mean, these things are, are nuanced with context. But uh, it, it's left me rather confused, Marco. I mean, where where do you? stand on the old Jackson debate? Well, I think he's, I don't know, He's if you look at the leading Premier League hot shots, he, he's kind of one goal behind the usual suspects, Haaland, Salah, um, Sonny, Watkins. Well, I yeah. can tell you, I can tell you, mate, 
Haaland's got 14, but he doesn't count because he's a beast. Uh, but Salah's got 11. Uh, Son, Son's got 10. Bowen's got 10. Watkins has got 9. Solanke, bloody hell, Solanke's got 9. Huang He Chan from Wolves has got 8. And Buemo has got 7. And Jackson's got 7. And guess what? JK's favourite favorite non-Chelsea player, Chris Wilson, has got 7 as well. So how about that? Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson, sorry, yeah, Callum Wilson. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, he's scoring goals. I mean, Timo Werner, who he loved to pieces, couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo. I mean, go, I don't, make make it make sense. <laughs> I can't. Well, I don't think, I think it's fairly clear <laughs> that he's not going to get a game, is he, um, after January? Well, because, just because he'll be on the, the African Cup of Nations. Well, he will. He will be that, and that'll probably cost him his place at Chelsea because they're going to go out and buy a striker in in uh, the January transfer window. Mm. Um, or will they? Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they'll try anyway. Yeah. Um, and I, I think the other thing is, you know, I know the. I know we're going to talk about Nkunku being on the bench. Why? on uh, Saturday when he didn't get any well, minutes. Let's, let's talk about it now. Well, so, I don't know. How how did Chelsea line up with Nkunku, given recent starting 11s? Um, so, who, who drops out? Um, is is he playing behind Nicholas Jackson, or I'm not sure. Well, um, on Friday, we talked about it, and we said that he, in pre-season, he played as a 10 behind the striker, he also played on the left, and I think he played on the right. So, yeah. well, no, sorry, he played on the he played he played as a ten behind the striker. He played on the left, and he played as the striker in preseason. And, and Botch mentions this in the presser, by the way. Mm, okay, well, we, we're talking about that in part two, aren't we? But I mean, why do you think he didn't? I mean, I, I thought he's funnily enough talking about the presser again. But I thought his explanation for that was interesting. He basically didn't bring him on. Because he wasn't a hundred percent sure he should, I'm not quite well, sure if I understand that. You know, I, I mean, obviously... if he even felt one percent, he shouldn't. He wouldn't. He yeah. Said. Okay. Fair enough. That was true, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Marco. No, no. I mean, I, I was, I was, you know, you kind of like thinking. I bet Pogettino was thinking, "My God, Sheffield United, they're not going to take any prisoners," you know. And you, and you look at kind of. Maybe it's different. I don't know, but you know, you look at um, Reese and his ongoing repetition of um, breaking down with with injuries and questioning. You know, has he has he come back too soon? Um, you know, what 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 are the real reasons behind that? And you can imagine there's an element of kind of paranoia with uh, Pochettino, you know, I mean, you could argue the same about uh, Armando um, and, the, and the way his minutes have been managed and, um, you know, and the consequences of that. Uh, the, I can understand the reluctance to send a player on or start a player um, who's coming back from an injury, um, given the constant repetition of players coming back from injury, getting injured again shortly after, um, you know. So, 
I think there's probably a huge element of that. And I think the game, you know, had it been nil-nil with 15 minutes left, um, Chelsea doing the usual thing, creating chances and not putting them in, maybe he would have put him on for 10, 15 minutes to see if he could change the game in Chelsea's favour. But, you know, as soon as Chelsea went 2-0 up, uh, that was it, wasn't it? You know, there was only going to be one winner and it's, why would you take a risk, um, you know, with a player who's yet to play a a competitive first-team game for the club who's, you know, obviously highly, highly prized and well thought of um, and, you know, we'd all rather... I mean, will he start against Newcastle? Who knows? Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, we we are going to... Obviously, we're going to be previewing the... uh, Tomorrow night's match in part two. Uh, so, um, the second goal. What the actual fuck? I mean, I mean, actually, you know, I think part of this is actually down to the the insidious nature of, uh, of VAR. Nobody had a Scooby what was going on. Nobody even presumed it was a goal. It was nuts, but, uh, I mean, it was. And I thought, you know, it was arguably a penalty for Sterling, who hilariously was so pissed off he didn't get a penalty. He didn't even look at the ball while Palmer went round him, passed it to Jackson, who duly said thank you very much and tapped it in. Um, but it was this just... Was act- this was actually on online with where we sit. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and we all looked at each other and then looked at the big screen yeah. to see if it was going <laughs> to say... VAR checking possible. What the fuck was that? Yeah, checking, checking, checking that uh, Chelsea have scored a goal, which we must cancel because it seems to be the law. It was bonkers, wasn't it, J.K.? Did you have a, any idea from where you were sitting? Well, well, with my we have our own personal TV monitors in our seats, so we can see everything. <laughs> <laughs> I have a direct line to Stockley Park VAR. <laughs> um. What in fact happened? What, what I thought happened was, what I what I why I thought oh it's a goal was because weirdly enough that kind of situation seems to happen a lot in Sunday football where people have all fallen over and the ball has just then been lying in the penalty area and somebody has just kicked it in mm. and you think well that can't possibly be a goal it can't be that simple and you think well no there's nothing else to give is there the ball there it, it, the ball's been left lying in the middle of the floor and uh, middle of the penalty area and. Um, Somebody stabbed it in. Nobody appears to be offside. Therefore, it's a goal. Um, so that's what, what the referee did. But, but, you know, hats off to, to Palmer for being so astute to noticing that the ball hadn't gone out because it was just wobbling from the save. And, um, uh, and you know, and, you know, kudos to, uh, to Jackson for sussing that he could um, line up, not in front of the ball, but just behind the ball when it was past him and therefore he wouldn't have been offside and, uh, and taps it in. So, um um, yes, immediately he was tapped in. I thought, yeah, it's a goal. He's got to give a goal. I couldn't see anything else. However, as you say, I was thinking immediately it'll go to VAR because they can't believe that there must be. They 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 think now there must be some kind of law breaking incident in that environment. It that seems to me the way their heads work, and I and the very fact that it came up possible offside Gallagher, and you thought the bloody hell of all people possible offside. I don't know. Palmer or something, but Gallagher, he was behind when the ball, when he did that overhead kick. So possible offside Sterling, if the ball had been kicked overhead and Sterling was running into it, but he was behind when the ball was kicked. So 
it, there was nothing, no VAR for, to, there was no no transgression of the law to be applied. So obviously it was a goal. But you could see the players themselves weren't sure it was a goal because there wasn't much celebrating. They just wandered back to the centre circle. Yeah, it's just totally bizarre. I mean, I'm, I mean, obviously I'm glad we scored it. And I mean, actually, funnily enough, Jackson looked a lot better when he was out on the left because he kind of moved him out to the left when Brozier came on. But uh, well, didn't know, this may be the, this may be the answer. Yeah, we, we've bought another bloody winger. I mean, yeah. what <laughs> the fuck is wrong with this club? Yeah, he started off as a winger. I know. But how many fucking wingers is this club? I mean, it was, it was bad. It was, you know, this predates Bowley, or, or, or it should be said. What is it with this club that they buy wingers all the time? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. One more work. Oh, well, maybe. I mean, look, you know, what we must say, we must say that, Pam, I know you've already said it, but Palmer, Gallagher and Moises, I thought were absolutely outstanding. Gallagher was just winning the ball back all over the pitch. And I mean, actually, it, it's a, it's a, it's a very pertinent point i mean I, I know we did it a bit on friday uh you know with the rumors but uh you know if you if i mean actually it's also very interesting what you were saying earlier on about about jackson i think is that he's not chelsea standard um you know and he wouldn't be playing in teams of the past i mean you could probably make the same case about conor gallagher but the reality is we're we're not in 2006 or 2010 or 2015 we're in 2023 and we have who we have uh and I think if if you look at it like that, he's he's so, so consistent. He's been brilliant for us this season, consistently one of our best players. Yes, he hasn't scored enough goals. We had a bit of a chat about the reasons for that the other week. But I just loved the fact that he was just like a like a little I don't know what you want to call him. He's just you know he's like a like a the ferret old dynamo. Yeah, old dynamo. He ferrets the ball out, doesn't he? Wins the ball back and gets it going again. And you need players like that. I I, I don't know if it's something wrong with 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 people i don't know but you know I, they all seem to think that you 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 can have a team with like 11 pygmies who can play tip tick attacker and have brilliant technique no you need some shit houses you need some muscle you do need these things you need a blend of players marco <coughs> sorry you know i didn't what? i didn't realize you were you were you were sucking on a, a chocolate finger mate amicelli oh okay, so a posh chocolate finger chocolate and hazelnut oh very nice like it, go. like it. Um, you know, Dennis, uh, Conor Gallagher's kind of, it's got a bit of Dennis Wise about him for me, which is what I like. I and what I mean, obviously, Wisey, well, scored a, a fucking great goal, but Wisey had penalties to to his name. But, you know, I, I just, I, I like, I like the fact that He's one of our own. I like the fact that despite what half of X will tell you, that shouldn't mean anything, but it really does. And we all know that but it's his club and he's got the ability to play for his club. And a bit like uh, Cole Palmer, the, the fate has conspired to give him an opportunity to play this season for Chelsea Football Club and to start games. And Pochettino's thought, hang on a minute, this kid's actually quite good. He's got an attitude and a will to win that that, that pretty much, I don't know, 70% of the rest of the team don't quite have. So if he's got that, some of the, he might bring some of the other players along. And if he doesn't, at least I've got that, you know. And you can see that 
you know, Pochettino, he's, he's Pochettino's go-to man on the pitch, uh, from what I can see. You know, and it's quite funny, I was having this discussion with somebody on, on social media on um, on Saturday, because I, I said, I tweeted after the game that Cole Palmer was head and shoulders the best player on the pitch, or, or words to that effect. Um and a couple of people replied, well, not really. What about Caicedo? Um, you know, what What about Gallagher? Uh, and I, and I, I just said, I said, look, where I sit in the ground, I can see what's going on off the ball. And you, and you can't avoid not seeing what's going on off the ball, the running, the, the, the getting into position, all the stuff that goes on. You know, and Palmer was doing that. Palmer was doing that massively on on Saturday, and that's why he got my vote. But with Gallagher, he does it consistently. So he's that terrier-like figure in midfield um, in every game. And, yeah, he gets booked to, to once too often, um, but maybe the rules have changed and it's all a bit, you know, limp-wristed in terms of the refereeing. Um and you know, I I just I, it gives me um I've, I would have a serious problem if he was let go uh, because the books had to be balanced. Um, that would just uh, I don't know what kind of message that would send to Poggettino from the board, but you know those those, those rumours ain't going away, are they? No, they're not, and they're coming from some pretty reputable people too. Um, but I'm with you there. I mean, I think I think Gallagher's perfectly fine. I mean, there's you know, yeah, you know, he might not get into to you know Man City side at the moment, but you know, most of our players wouldn't, and he wouldn't have got into our 2006 side. But it doesn't matter. I mean, even if you go back in time, and J.K., we can all remember we were there. You know, you get kind of, you know, blue tinted about this and think that every single player we had playing for us between the years of 2004 and 2015 were world class players. It's simply not true. There were plenty of other players in there who were not of the level of a Michael Ballack or a Michael Essien, but they were fundamental in us achieving the success that we had. And I think Connor's no different. And remember, he is still young. And he's already got 11 England caps, so he can't be doing too badly. Because, I mean, whilst that might have been laughable 20 years ago, England are one of the top sides in world football. So he's getting into an England side, so he's a pretty damn good player. And you're right, Marco. If these bunch of Herberts sell him uh, purely because uh, they have to balance the books or fund a striker, A, uh, there are other players they can get rid of to fund the striker, which I'm afraid will also be academy players and will also be rather heinous, heinous because it's them, and more more pertinently, those twats, Win Stanley and Stewart, who have got us into this mess by spunking up a billion quid on players, most of whom haven't even registered on any scale whatsoever yet. So it'll be bad. It'll, it's, it's, it's basically, if they have to sell him to balance the books, it's bad business, period. But what game is he playing by not signing his contract? Well, we don't know about that, do we? No. All I know, all I've heard about that. Well, this is interesting. All I've heard about that is that he doesn't want to sign an eight-year contract, and a lot of these pros don't want to sign an eight-year contract because, of course, certainly in this country, they've been used to three-year contracts, and then after three years, 
right, pay me more or I fuck off, you know. So it's always a good chance for them and their agent to make money. Now, I don't think that Connor's necessarily playing that game. I don't think he's a greed merchant. But I, I just think he's uncomfortable signing an eight-year contract. Well, of course, that's now gone because the Premier League have said, no, it's got, you've got to have a maximum of, of five now. So I'm wondering if that will play into our hands. But remember what uh, Wynne Stanley and Stewart did with Mason Mount. You know, everything was fine and agreed with Bowley, went off to the World Cup, came back, oh, they're dealing with it now, and they just tore it up and started again. So don't believe anything that comes from the club about any issues with the contract, I would, I would suggest. Marco, you were going to say something. Yeah, sorry. The, the point I was going to make, um, the way I understand the, 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 the contracts, um, so it's almost like you're getting... You're getting a long-term deal, but you're not getting kind of the the weekly wage that you would if you, you know, were on what we what we would normally call a, tra- a traditional Chelsea type deal. So I think I think that's part of the issue that you know the the wages aren't. I mean, the wages are ridiculous anyway. You know, I think. Mean, you know, there's a, there's a kind of a, a trade-off there, isn't there? And I, I just don't want to see a repeat of the 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 Mason Mount saga, which I know maybe is slightly different, but maybe it isn't. Um, where you know a player is kind of like looking at a contract that's on the table, and I mean, Marco, just to to butt in here, but it seems pertinent. You know, we've all had the, the 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 you know the dubious pleasure of working for people in our time. If your employer was going around making it pretty clear that they didn't want you there and they were prepared to take offers for you, um, how would you make that feel about signing a new contract with them? Well, <clears throat> I think the yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I would probably. I would probably look to go, but I think I think the thing is, you know, Conor Gallagher is it's, it's a bit like those lines that we trot out about, you know, the, the the custodians of the club and players and managers come and go, and we'll still be here. At the end of the day, you know, he's been at Chelsea since he was a, a little kid. And, it, and, you know, maybe unlike Mason Mount, it, I mean, Chelsea's all that Conor Gallagher knows. Um, you know, does he, does he really, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm always reminded of the line that Joe Cole came out with when when there was, uh, you know, he'd been offered to, to Spurs who wanted to sign him. And he said, <laughs> it was up to him and he just said, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't see myself wearing that shirt. Mm. Um, so, you know, there, there, there's kind of an element of all that. But there, I think the other side of it with Gallagher is, you know, he he he's out there. He doesn't, I'm tempting fate here because he plays for Chelsea, but, you know, he, he doesn't get injured. He's He's just there doing a job well thought of by the manager and probably thinking these guys have got to see common sense, but you don't know what, I don't know who's his agent. Is it, does his father act for him or has he got people? That's where it kind of goes into a bit of a gray area. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, 
you know, he's a young man. He's not. He's still very young. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm sure, you know, on the eve of a quarter final of the League Cup against Newcastle, which is, you know, arguably the this is arguably the most important game so far um, of. I don't know. Since the last most important game, so <laughs> certainly, it's certainly this season. And well, but it is. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot riding on this game because basically, if we if we duck out against a flagged out, you know, Newcastle side, even though they did panel us four one a couple of weeks ago, if it if it's just back to wishy washy Chelsea against Newcastle, it's just gonna throw a huge wet blanket over Christmas, you know, as far as the football club's concerned. And, you know, all, all the bad vibes will come out and the accusations and finger pointing. Um, you know, and Conor Gallagher will know all that and he will be on it from the first whistle tomorrow. He will. Well, one, um, one would hope presuming he starts, but we'll get into that in a minute. I think you make a good point, though, Mark. I was going to ask you boys about this because I wonder if... I mean, because basically at the moment, it doesn't help with these rumours going on as well, but a lot of the things that have been done this season, a lot of the incompetence, yada, yada, yada. There's a whole list. Um, and the ownership... Uh, and actually, I'm, I'm, I'm told that Bowley has less to do hands-on hands on these days. It's, it's, it's Begdad El-Badi, or whatever his name is, who's more involved. Um, but, you know, they're very unpopular at the moment. And, I mean, that, that um, athletic article substantiated that. And, and I thought, I don't know what you boys thought, but I thought the atmosphere was really poor on uh, Saturday. It was a 3 o'clock kickoff, which are usually pretty good. 12 o'clock lunchtime kickoffs, the atmosphere is generally poor. People haven't had enough time to be in the pub. But it was very, very poor, and I wondered if it if it if it was an indication of several things. Really, you know, we we didn't play particularly well in the first half. We haven't been particularly well. I think we were all. I mean, if, if we're anything to go by, we were all very worried about it on Friday that we were going to, you know, get mugged off again. So there was a real, very real worry about losing to the bottom club. VAR, I think, comes into it because it's just fuck all point celebrating a goal anymore because they're just going to come in and try and find a way to disallow it. But I just wonder if this is part of the whole malaise. And, you know, I wonder how, how A, how much these owners realise nobody likes them and, B, how much they care, JK. Uh, I, think, I think possibly we're... I, I don't normally subscribe to this, but I think we're, we're overthinking it too much with the the... the the atmosphere in the ground. I think the reason it was well, a bit, lot of empty seats as well. There were a few empty seats. I agree. Well, that's a that's a very visible manifestation of uh, of people's disquiet. To use a very poncy sentence, and where that came up from in my, in my head. But um, uh, I think it's all it's so much to do with the the energy in the football and the way the football's played. You know, rolling the ball around between the back four and then back to the goalkeeper. It's just you know same old, same old, more of the old rubbish we saw last year and i have to say there's been a pattern of that in the last three years and i think we're getting we, we we're beginning to get if that shows itself in the first few minutes he starts thinking this is going to be another one of those games fail to deal with the block and they'll just get a breakaway goal i'm afraid that's what people's imaginations are 
And it's what we thought at half time. You just thought it doesn't matter how much all over them we are. This is the same again. And they don't pass the ball quickly enough and they don't get the ball. The space is quickly enough and the players aren't good enough. And I defy you to be enthusiastic as a supporter mm. when when that's happening. I really do. But the, the and player... I, I, really don't, I don't think, oh, my goodness, it's all the, all the owner's fault. You know, because I'm thinking about what's going on on the pitch. No, no, I understand, but you know, there's a if we ha- if we have players who are not good enough, the reason is because the owners sanctioned buying yeah. them. So yeah, you know, yeah, the buck, yeah, no, the buck. Yeah. The, I used to yeah. always say, didn't I? The buck stops with buck. Well, these yeah. days the buck stops with whatever his name is, Egghead. Egghead. They're calling him. They're calling him Egghead on Mixler, which I prefer. So yeah, Egghead. So you know, and I think I think there is just there's so many other things too. You know. The getting rid of people, uh, the cutting, you know, the, the away coaches. We know that the season ticket price is going up. There's a whole miasma of stuff going around at the moment. And yet, if they'd come out and played, you know, fantastic football, yeah, uh, the crowd noise would have es- escalated. No, no, so, I mean, it, we are fickle. It, if if we well, if yeah, we but, win every game, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if if if, if they start playing well, people will 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 just that becomes secondary they will they'll object to it but they go well actually this bit's working but also it's the fact that it was Sheffield as well yeah you know I yeah, defy yeah. you to the fact that and also the memories of last year against Southampton losing 1-0 when they were bottom yeah. and they'd been big, bigged up by Potter there's just that they were bottom and they were they just they played a very similar game but they mugged us but um I didn't feel that that Sheffield were going to mug us in the same way because they were really really poor I mean that was such a poor, it poor. was even, not... even when they were two nil down, they still didn't no. change the. They're, a, they're a very poor side, but I mean, very. you you know, in in a way that that I think dampened the mood because of what we were saying on Friday. But actually, you know, there's a reason why I called the show palpable relief because I think there was a huge amount of relief at the end of that game, and actually people were generally a little bit happier. And you know, back to back home league wins. That's the first time we've won back to back home league wins since the 8th of October last year, and that was West Ham and then Wolves. Over a year since we've won back-to-back league games at home. So, you know, you're right, this has been going back away. But I think, you know, as I said, the mood in the pub afterwards was pretty much what we've expressed on here. But people were generally happy because people like seeing their team win, you know. Bare minimum, we like to see our team win. Then then we want to see them win titles and things. But we want to see them win, J.K., yeah, no, but I also think should you, you you look for the positives in it, and uh, you know I, I will. It's nice to see uh, a burgeoning star in Palmer, yeah, isn't it? It's, it really is joyous. Actually, that's one thing you go. He's got a big bag well, of tricks. He, he's the kind of guy you know that a sensible manager would build a team around. Absolutely agree. He's that good. I think he is. Absolutely agree. So long. Ma- just, 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 it's a long. Sorry, I'm interrupting you too much. Sorry, sorry what was that? No, go on. Go on. What I felt was, as Caicedo, as Caicedo played much more to the level that we expect him to play to. I know it was Sheffield, but the energy and the passing and the tackling and the getting the ball back was was first rate. Was very Brighton-esque, and I actually thought he's, this is. Cundy said it was the best best performance in a Chelsea shirt for us that he's had. It was. It was yeah. from him, and um, I was just looking through. I think right if he's top banana, if Palmer's top banana. Um, and so, and uh, and got to give Sterling another another when he played against a, a, a crap team once again. But Sterling running into the penalty area, I think as we said on Friday, 
is really difficult to deal with. And uh, Great cross for Palmer's goal. Yeah, absolutely great. He's got to start doing, doing that, that in yeah. the big, bigger games. But I thought Sterling is coming up. Right, so you've got, say you've got four of them good enough. Now, if only James and Chilwell were there, we'd have six with Silver, seven. And then uh, you'd start thinking, well, they just need four more to make this work. And at the moment, it's it's light. It's still light. But, you know, a little bit of little bit of a few buds appearing, I think. Yeah. And once again, yeah. it's Sheffield. Sheffield, it's Sheffield, so you just have to be... But that's my point. You know, I think we need to be, you know, I think we need to look at it like this, and it's not making apologies and doing what Mourinho said stop, stops us being a big team. You know, I think it's very easy to get dragged in, like like being flushed down the bog with the general negativity of, yeah. of what's going on. And, I mean, I, I know I'm guilty of this, as you know, because you've kind of pointed out tonight without realising it, but... I tend to look at the big picture of what else is going on and what else is going on with the club, and that will make me feel very down on it. And actually, take and then I don't see what's going on with the picture that is good, but there are some good things going. There is certainly some reasons for some optimism, that's for sure. Would you agree, Marco, or is it all a load of shite? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, I chuckled. Um, Chelsea, are they all that? <laughs> about 30 seconds before the end of the game on Saturday, the the. Over the tannoy came the opening two bars, like <laughs> bars of, yes. of blue, blue is the colour. Um, so he was out of the traps a bit early and it just made me laugh that that was played after this victory, which kind of devalues um, that song being played um, after more after victories against more, more uh, impressive opposition, should, should, should we say. But yeah, I I don't know. I yeah, I thought it was a bit flat um, on Saturday, and I, you know the atmosphere was terrific against um, Manchester City. You know that that game. Um, I think you know the crowd were up for it after the Spurs game. The ground was full. Um, we noticed as well. There's a a lot of empty seats and a lot of people who obviously. Uh, don't go that often who didn't know where the seats were that they'd acquired um, for the game and all of that, you know, if you've just got stragglers going along, I mean, there's nobody getting anything going. You know, teams aren't, the opposition are no longer afraid of coming to Stamford Bridge. So there's no fear there. You know, you get, when you get Brighton cut, coming to Chelsea and their fans singing, is this a library? Um, which I think the Sheffield lot sang as well last week. You know, it's it's, it's disheartening. I don't know. Um, we've got uh, young Patrick who who's uh, in the East Stand, but just down from the front, who um, him and his pal get riotously drunk um, and, and are always out their feet leading some singing and uh but you know it's it's I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I don't know. I don't know. Chelsea's changing, isn't it? Well it, it is. I mean oh. yeah, I mean I, I had a chat with somebody in the pub uh before the match and, and, and said I think it might have been Pablo actually, but you know, I was quite depressed about everything that was going on in the summer, uh which is unlike me. And uh 
I realised what it was because, see, I have a very good therapist to work things through. So I, I go to therapy to work through Chelsea's issues, not my own, clearly. But uh, <laughs> but um, I, I did work it out because basically what had happened in the last 20 years while Roman was there winning us everything, I had completely deluded myself that this was still my football club. I still had, you know, an amount of power and influence over what went on and that Roman was really just like us. He was just a very rich Chelsea fan who was having a lot of fun with it. And I completely deluded myself because, of course, that's all complete bollocks. You know, the, the football club stopped being our football clubs the minute the Premier League was invented. And it all became about money. Uh, and in fact, you could make an argument to say they've never been our bloody football clubs, even when the Mears lot were in charge. But anyway, you like to delude yourself that it's your football club. It belongs to you. You are the you are the, the ultimate custodians of it. So when this lot came in, it was so abundantly clear that, 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 you know, that's it. It's about money. It's about corporatism. It's about greed. It's about fleecing us. It's about not giving a shit whether we go or not. And, and I, it all hit me square in the face in the summer, and it made me thoroughly depressed. So, uh, so there you go. We shouldn't delude ourselves, really. What we should do instead, of course, is to, to be more miserable. No, no, to, to get froth at the mouth by uh, getting the next copy of CFC UK. Yes, because uh, the new copy uh, was out on Saturday. I, I saw Marco at the stall uh, and a lovely chat with Marco. Uh, you in it, Chidge? Yeah, I've written a, I've written a doozy. I've written my, my piece is called Fubar. So it's a bit of more of a forensic, uh, you know, kicking of the club than, uh, than I did on the show the other day, Marco. I, I have to make, um, it's reminding me of an amusing conversation i had so so basically cfc uk issue 249 on the streets at present available for only a pound from only a pound myself and several other faces along the fulham road on match days um or you can subscribe by emailing fanzine at cfcnet.co.uk um <laughs> I think you mentioned Jay actually uh, earlier. So um, Palavar's uh, Jay and his wife um, are, are over from from Canada uh, on on what really must be for Chelsea supporters um, who who live overseas the, the absolute dream trip of a lifetime. I think I've helped Jay with sorting out tickets and and I know Dan Silver has as well and a few other people and Jay's kind of strung together a a run of games Um, he was up at Old Trafford he went to Goodison Park he's going to Molyneux he's done the home games he'll be there tomorrow night the only game he hasn't been able to sort um, which goes for pretty much um, everyone else uh, is looting away uh, but Jay, Jay at the stall, and he was telling me um, about his experience on the train uh, going up to uh, Liverpool for the Everton game um, the other week, and he he said, "Well, I met CFC Kathy, and the, the, this was very significant for him to meet the, the, these two people. The first of which was CFC Kathy, and he explained what he was doing and who he'd met and." She she he, she invited him to sit down and regaled him with with tales of Chelsea and he thought it was fantastic and then and I said who else did you meet then and he went I met only one pound 
<laughs> and he then he then proceeded to say, I said, no, it's only a pound. And he said, I know, only one pound. And he said, he said, where is only one pound? I want to say hello. And then, for, for about 10 minutes, when various people were coming up going, you know, like, have you seen Dave? La, 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 whatever. And um, he, he would just repeat, he said, when, when will only one pound be here? Brilliant. He was so, a lovely yeah. lad, actually. He, he came to the pub, as I said earlier on, he came to the pub afterwards. So uh, with the lovely Jenny Brown, who I haven't seen for ages. Jenny used oh, to... God, Jenny yeah. Brown. Is she still doing football stuff? Well, I believe so. But she, uh, she uh, of course, she used to come down and, and, and muck around with us when we were doing the show in Putney Station. And as I reminded her, much to her horror... Uh, it gave me the opportunity for me to say to her, I love you, Jenny. Uh, so apparently her boss says that to her too, so it's kind of stuck with her much to her chagrin, but there you go. Um, just a reminder, people, if you want to subscribe to the fanzine because you can't get to a match and get it poisonly and meet only one pound and Mr. Gate 17 himself, uh, you email fanzine at cfcuk.net, as Marco was saying. It's 20 quid in the UK, 45 quid in Europe, 60 quid in the rest of the world. Or you can get a digital PDF copy emailed to you for £6 for a year or £1 each. And uh, you can pay all that by PayPal. And, of course, our weekly reminder that if you want to own a piece of Chelsea, then you need to get yourself a CPO share. Owning a share means you have a share of the freehold of the stadium. Uh, and, of course, we uh, are there to protect it from being sold to... Uh, dubious people in the future and make sure football is played at Stamford Bridge, its spiritual home forever, unless we agree. Uh, shares are priced between 110 for a, uh, an electronic share and 173 quid for a frame share signed by a Chelsea player. Just go to the Chelsea website and search for Chelsea pitch owners. Right, we'll be back after this short break to talk about the Newcastle match for tomorrow. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to NordVPN dot com forward slash Chelsea fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Football 
Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Stanford Chidge and it's part two. And of course, we are about to look ahead to the Chelsea versus Newcastle Caribou Cup quarterfinal tomorrow night. And as ever, I'm joined by the lovely Jonathan Kidd. Oi, oi. Oi, oi, Savaloi. And of course, we've got the equally... We've got the equally lovely Marco Worrell with us. Buonasera, amici. Forza Chelsea. Forza Chelsea, quite right. Mr. Gate 17 himself. Uh, Now, um, it's kind of really weird doing half of a Friday show on a Monday, but here goes. JK, uh, would you like to tell us, regale us about the press conference today? I'd love to, Chich. Thank you for asking me. My pleasure. Pochettino wore a hat. Did what he? was that all about? What was that all about? Why? He's inside. Was it a beanie hat, a peaked no, cap. It was a peaked baseball cap. I don't Ooh. know why. Why? Anyway, but he did. I thought, does he mean business? But he was a bit he was a bit wishy washy. He got asked a lot of really sort of Stupid slightly questions. deep questions that weren't much to do with anything to do with Chelsea. Um, um He was immediately asked by somebody um uh, about whether Reese was going to have surgery. And he said, well, I don't actually know. It's only Monday, which I thought was a bit peculiar because he might know. But, you know, that, that was a, that was his excuse. That was his answer. And um, uh, and uh, he was asked about Lavia and Nkunku. Uh, and he said, Lavia, no. And he's nowhere near ready. But it, I was intrigued that no other players were discussed because we have lots of other players who are injured. And, and none of them came up in the conversation. The Dweke, um, uh, uh, Uga Chukwu, um, uh, um, um, oh goodness, our left back. What's his name? Um, got my mind's gone. Um, uh, yeah, any anybody, anybody. Cucurella. Oh, yeah, any of AF Cucurella. Any of them. I mean, I don't understand. They just nobody was interested. They immediately got a, to Inkunku again. Um, uh, whether was was he going to be involved? Yes, maybe he may have some minutes. And then he used the word. Um, it, it's a very good optative. Op, op, op which I don't think he'd worked out with what on earth it meant, because I certainly don't know what it means. But um, he said it a couple of times with uh, great enthusiasm. Um, he said, Newcastle, very good Champions League team. Uttering those words that Potter frequented, it will be tough, which was slightly tedious. Um, hopefully better than the 4-1. And to be fair, I, I think it'll be a much different game from the 4-1, because I think the 4-1 was a second half, series of second half errors. I think it flat, flattered Newcastle, frankly. Flattered, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and he also actually said he wasn't about. He will be about this time, meaning that he felt his lack of appearance on the touchline was actually significant. Which it never occurred to me that that might be the case, but perhaps that is. Perhaps he felt that, you know, not um, not being there uh, had caused the team not to be cohesive or something. Um, uh, he was asked whether or not he wanted a winner, a trophy in England. He said, "Of course, you want to win. It's my wishes to win. It's one of the competitions." And he was asked about the Club World Cup in twenty twenty five. And he seemed not to be aware of it at all. Mm-hmm. And he actually said, um, "Would he, be, he actually said, I need to see if uh, I'm, I'm still under contract, which got an enormous laugh. And I'm not convinced it was supposed to be a, a gag. And everybody laughed. I wonder whether that's just journalists going, I read very, very amusing. But um, anyway, got a big laugh. It went down well. Is that going to happen? But he, he said it was too far away. He didn't know. But I, I didn't. I didn't get the impression he knew what the World Cup, uh, the Club World Cup was that we've we've got into it because of our our excellent Champions League um, history, um, which is going to be, you know, it was asked about a, a competition in June or July. He said if the players are up for it, they're up for it. If they were fit enough, they would play. Then he said a very interesting thing about it, which he said that um, 
you'll have to rotate. And he said, you have to have a decent depth in the squad. And I was thinking, well, is that something the club is going to aim for in the future, depth in the squad? Because at the moment, we look at some of the, with the injuries, we look at some of the people on the bench and we don't know who they are. They've still got about three or four players on the bench. And I keep thinking, these guys, I don't know who any of them are. They reserve guys. Are they guys that we've, we've picked up somewhere? Um, well, I've been saying this for weeks. It's the great untold yeah. story this season that we've yeah. had the weakest bench that I've seen yeah. at this club for 20 to 30 years. Yeah, I kid absolutely. you not. And yet, and yet, here they are saying we've got too many players. Have we? Is it to do with the injuries? Well, I, 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 I think it is to do with some of the injuries because you bring yeah. those ten back, and then you, you, you know, it's a different story, isn't it? But uh, so it's circumstantial. But it's a point you worth think the making. Journalist, you think the journalists would be up on this, wouldn't you? Uh, no, I wouldn't. They're not. They're, they're not. Anyway, fucking idiots. They then talked about Tom Lockyer, and um, yes, he said we're very sorry. Gave him get respect. Hope he recover well, as you'd expect any manager to say. And he said, was up there. somebody else was a heart attack, a worry in football. And he could see, everybody could see it's um, difficult to anticipate part of sport and life, he said. Um, and he put, what will it mean? Somebody said, what will it mean to win your first trophy in this country? And he said, we want to deliver for the fans. Most important thing is to win the title. It's important in our minds. We're ready to fight. And tomorrow we need to follow the, needs to follow the last game. In fact, the way we approach it, we fight for every single ball using the momentum of the previous game. Well, that sort of makes sense. Um, uh, and he was asked whether he would uh, wanted to win a trophy. And he said, you need to be in the right club in the right moment to win, to be an elite manager. Too many don't. It's important to analyse every single project. Progress or not is for the club more than us. Boost for the energy. And I'm afraid I then wrote down four question marks. I do not know what he was talking mm-hmm. about, but it sounded good. Um, um, and my- once again, asked about the, the, the European Club Championship, another tournament. We must support the competition, must arrive in the best form. Rotate to use all the squad. Players need to change their mindset, I suppose, about having holidays. Uh, then he waffled a bit. Um, uh, workload injuries, difficult to know. Competition is busy. Some players tired may not play, but your media will blame selection. Interesting point that the very fact that Fernandez didn't play was clearly because they saw something in his makeup. Whereas everybody he, said he was dropped. Uh, he was, yeah, we all thought he was dropped. He wasn't. He was clearly tired. Rested. Yeah. I came on. He was rested. Um, uh, you mustn't take... Try to be honest with the player. Tell them they're not, uh, not in condition. You mustn't take risks. For example, Nkunku, maybe 20 minutes. Needs to be 100%. 1% of doubt, no. And he says, good to him to be involved. He's part of the setup. Like he warms up with them. He gets the, 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 the conversations with them. He's there. Part and of for the team. Him, is a member of the team. That is what he is saying. When he says, yes, he's ready, he means he's ready to be in the team and the setup, not necessarily ready to go on the pitch. Mm. That's what he means every single time he says that. Um, uh, you know, he made this point I was going to make earlier. He said, he was asked, is it hard without Nkunku? He said, well, the thing about Nkunku is he can play in so many different positions. And the combination was going to be different with him playing, as we all said, because mm-hmm. of preseason. But after four or five months, the process and combination is different. So we've got to see how he works to fit in to what we've established now, which I thought was a very interesting point. And it's one that we've talked about on, on the, the fan cast. Well, pa- Palmer but, and Gallagher may not have even started. Absolutely right. It, it's they've. They've moved on, and Palmer has has progressed as a consequence of Nkunku being yeah. injured. 
as it's a huge positive has come out of it. So you can see how he can work. He said, don't expect too much and, and don't put too much pressure on him. Um, um, and he said, next time he plays, let's hope he scores three. But no, he needs to find himself in the team uh, and uh, competing that have been competing without him. And he said the Premier League was tough for every player who comes in. Mm. They may, he said what we've been saying. They may be very good in, in the Liga, in La Liga, uh, in any other league. But this is the Premier League and they have to work out a level. They have to work out their competition. And as we've been saying, um, it, it's now formed. The team has formed in a different way up front. And he's now trying to find where he will fit in to this setup. Oh, there you go. So, That's which what... I thought was very, very interesting. And, and it's what we've been saying. It's why he's paid three million quid a year, mate. Yeah. To come up with those answers. Uh, whereas I'm paid diddly squat to come up with a team selection for every match. Oh, the team selection. Indeed. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I, I thought I'd get that one under the radar for you there, JK, because I, I took advantage of a nice bit of a segue. Anyway, guess what? I have gone for exactly the same team that I picked for Saturday, which Poch no. didn't pick. Right? So I thought I'd give it another bash because I, I really don't see why he shouldn't. I mean, I thought he played kind of 4-2-3-1, so I think he was like testing it out for I got all excited I thought Nkunku might come on because of that as you know per what we said on Friday but yeah. now I know it was just because Fernandez was rested so I, I mean I have no idea who he's going to pick tomorrow this is my what I would pick but I have no idea who he's going to pick because you know he needs to pick the strongest team he's got it's a quarter final of a cup and we need to win it but Willie that's the question but uh what I would pick is what I would have picked on Saturday which is um, I would actually stick with Dezazi as right back, which is perhaps the one contentious choice, largely because Newcastle are very physical. So I think we need a bit of a bruiser in there. Um, so I would go Colwell, Silver, Badia Shield, Dezazi, Petrovic in goal, Fernandez, Caicedo, Gallagher, and then Sterling, Brozier, Palmer. Um, because I really think that Brozier needs a start. But, I mean, with Jackson scoring a goal, he, he'll get a start for sure. There's no doubt about that. But who knows? I really have no idea who he's going to pick. But that's I'm basically sticking rather than twisting, JK. Yes. Yes, I don't think he'll um, he'll play. Uh, I think he'll play Fernandes from the beginning because I don't think uh, they need to have the two midfielders with Palmer behind the attackers um, because it's not a low block. They won't play a low block. Who is it? Joe Linton is out. So is um, uh, was it gross? Is it they, they, they got the hamstring at the last minute hamstring problem? Um, so they'll be playing a weakened side again. But you know, as you say, Chid, they're very physical. Um, and yet, uh, I thought we did very well in the first half against them when we played them at the in the one-one. Sterling scored a great free kick, and it was just the ridiculous header that Badia Shield gave away again. And the um, which there'll be lots of those floated in. So I suppose you keep with Disarzi. I just find Colwell just a, a liability at left back because he's not a left back, but uh, there's no one else to play there. So he plays there. Um, having said that, though, um, Gusto's available. Uh, will he make that change? I think he may very well do that. I think Gusto may play. I think actually, um, uh, it, would he then change it round and put Badia Shield on the left? But no, uh, you, you still have to play Colwell left back, wouldn't you? Because... Um, but you could uh, play Matson there. He could. Well, we've we've prophesied that before, and it hasn't happened. No, I, I don't think he. I don't he, think he, he seems will. to bring Matson on as a as a um, a play anywhere sub. Yeah, that's his role. Um, but I think Gusto might get in. Uh, Augusto might get in. Uh, the Irishman Augusto. 
Mal mm. Augusto. I think he might get in. I think he'll play Fernandez Castelo. Like, I think he'll start with Jackson, just because Jackson uh, um, at least made a made a. An, well, the difficulty isn't it. Broya does hold the ball up, but he he's he's a he's a bit of a, a stick at the moment. He's a bit um, um he's, he's a bit rigid. He's, he's not rigid. match fit. No, he doesn't look match no. fit, does he? But he, you know, he needs more minutes. Who knows? I don't know. It's so yeah. difficult, isn't one it? Two, one of the two. Sterling and Palmer have to start. Whether whether they start right and left, I don't know. Not Mudrick? Um, you got me. You see, there you'd have to replace Fernandez. I think you see Mudrick is such a is such a kind of weird player, isn't he? Because he is he is the fastest player in the universe, and he just takes fullbacks to the cleaner cleaners. He just has to get his shooting boots on and know when to cross. So perhaps it's it's horses for courses. Who's he, who's he going to be up against? Trippier. Trippier's an excellent fullback. Trippier will kick him up in the air. So perhaps you don't play him. Perhaps you play Sterling well, that S- Sterling, time. Get... Sterling was in, in Trippier's pocket against the up, up there. It was. But he had a super game. He had a super game. He's just coming it... back from a suspension or injury? I think it, Is he now? Hal said he was pretty likely to start, I think. Yeah, he's suspended at the weekend. It was a suspension. Thanks, Marco. Marco, yeah. what what do you think of my my non-team selection? Because I basically just put Newcastle United after Chelsea, and that's all I had to do this week. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with it. I think for me, Enzo Fernandez starts, and and I personally would start Gallagher uh, because of what he brings to the team, um, for the very reason that. We, you know, we just discussed earlier. Um, you know, playing in this kind of fixture probably means more to him than all the rest of the players in that team put together. Um, maybe Thiago Silva accepted. Um, I don't know. See, Colwell is quite an interesting character, to be honest with you, because um, he's—I mean—he's kind of like he's not spoken about in the same um, breath as. Uh, some of the other lads that have come through the academy, he's almost like taken for granted now. Um, bizarre, really. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's one of I, I think first goal wins for me. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of hesitation. There's going to be some chances, and I think I think it's important that Chelsea score the first goal. Because I still don't have much faith in the, their ability to get their heads up, especially with you know I, I don't know how many horse punchers are going to be gathered in the shed. I don't know what the allocation is. Is it four four thousand eight hundred? Well, it moment? should it should be a lot, shouldn't it? Because it's a Caribbean yeah, Cup I, match. But yeah, I think they kind of somehow cut it down. I'm pretty certain it's like four thousand eight hundred they allow in there. At the moment, I'm not sure. I might be wrong, um, but they're going to make a bloody racket. They're all going to have their shirts off, despite it being December the nineteenth. Um, and you know that, that's that's a decent racket they're going to make. Talk about there not being much atmosphere among the home crowd on, on Saturday. Um, I know it's always a slightly different crowd, isn't it, for cup games? at Chelsea. Um, and obviously they put the prices up for this one. I, I don't know. It's 
I think it's going. I've been looking forward to this game for ages because I just think it's going to be uh, an exciting game, and I also think there's a huge amount riding on this from a credibility point of view. Um, more so for me for Pochettino this game than the game against Sheffield United. I know a lot of people were saying going into that game that if he lost that, um, it might be a bit of a hard road for him, no matter how much people would like us to believe that we're trusting the process, etc., etc., etc. But this, this, this game for me, forget this over the line. Everybody goes into Christmas on on a on a high note. Who knows who we get? I mean, the other the other games. What is it? Everton, Fulham, Liverpool, West Ham, Port Vale, Middlesbrough. I, I well, Liverpool know. are the only you know, de- what I would call decent side. I mean, actually, any of them could probably beat us. We know that, but yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, but but, but Liverpool easy. would be tricky. Yeah, I mean, you know, you kind of sort of think Lady Luck smiled and, you know, gave us a tie against Port Vale or Middlesbrough. Um, you know, by the time those fixtures come around in in January, um, we might, if you know, if there's a lot of ifs and buts. I mean, the team might have strung a few results together and things are looking up. You know, I'll try and keep it on the positive so yeah, I'm really looking forward to this game. Um, Come on, fucking Chelsea! You do it. Beat the horse punchers. <laughs> quite right. Uh, quite right. I mean, the thing is, J.K. Uh, you know, actually, they've got a lot of players out still. I mean, they've actually got they've got more injured players on the list here that I've got than we have, which is quite astonishing. And they have they have looked like a bit leggy recently. They've looked flagging. Their form. I mean, I know they, they duffed Fulham up 3-0, uh, didn't they, uh, at the weekend, which is actually quite a good result because Fulham have been on fire recently. Uh, it pains me to say. But, uh, yeah, I mean, their last... I mean, yeah, they, they lost their previous three. I mean, they got they got kicked out of the Champions League to AC Milan. Ho, ho, ho. They got absolutely dubbed uh, by uh, Spurs uh, 4-1. And, of course, they got dubbed by Everton 3-0. So they've had a horrible run. And before that, they beat United 1-0. So, you know, they have been slipping a bit. But, I mean, you know, we were saying this about them last time, weren't we? Oh, they've got lots of injuries. Oh, we've got a chance going up there. And, it, of course, it didn't work out like that at all. So, uh, I think Eddie Howe's a much better manager than I've given him credit for, to be fair. I'm kind of hoping that home advantage will make will, will make a difference for us. Yeah, I, I think they get um, buoyed up by the uh, the Toon army at home. Um, who try and suck the ball into the net? I just think they're a they're a different proposition to um, to playing away. I, th- I I think if we can get some momentum going and not pitter patter the ball about, which is unlikely to be the case because it'll be they'll be attacking, so it'll be quite end to end. Yeah, I don't. I I I think we might do well actually, uh, because they won't sit back and defend in the same way that well, if they. We've talked about this before. How can do that with teams? Because he did that with Bournemouth quite regularly. But I get the impression from the way he's been running this Newcastle side that they they um, they get the fall forward as much as possible. I mean, it is linked heavily to um, very quick running up front and Trippier playing some very good passes from fullback. You know, he's a very he's a he's in the form of his life, Trippier. Um, and of course, they've got Livramento at left back at the moment, who's 
one of our own who's playing out of his skin, though he did give the ball away, I think, at the weekend. Fulham almost scored. But, um, uh, yeah, he's a bit green, but, you know, obviously a player for the future. And apparently Hall is playing for them, um, which I was bemused about. I don't know why we've allowed that to happen, because he's only on loan. So that we can practice. sell him. But we know that that was, I think, poo I, I know it's a load of old tosh, but it's, not, it's fun to say. I, 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 I wonder whether it was just because um, they've got so many injuries, so we were helping them out. Um but let's see. No, I, I'm I'm um, I'm bizarrely slightly positive about this because um, I think we will turn up once again because it's not a it's not a side um, who parked the bus. I th- having said that, though, the the parking the bus aspect of it made it very easy for us to be relaxed about playing against them because we could pass the ball about wherever we wanted because they weren't really snapping at us. I find that teams that snap at us, which is what Newcastle did in the uh, away fixture. Um, we tend to um, react badly with well, it. Very not Man United as well. Indeed, how Petrovic deals with the, well, how good he is kicking the ball out from um, from his box. You know how good he is at dealing with walking, going past people, and and playing it short because that's what uh, um, that's what apparently he's been one of the reasons he's, he he was picked by Chelsea well, to be. We've got absolutely no idea after Saturday's performance because uh, he hardly touched uh, the ball. But hardly he, touched. But he did make a very good save. That free kick. Yeah. That was yeah. a good save, I thought. He got he got down to it well, yeah. but yeah, let's let's see. Um, so several things are going to be new for us. One of which is him um, uh, playing short, uh, but it needs to be energised. I think it will be energised. I think there'll be room because they will press. Um, if Wilson plays, Wilson just seems to press all the time, just running around, and so does some. Um, what's the little little player who seems to score a lot of goals? Uh, the South American can't remember his name. Um, but they 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 basically Yalmoron there he presses madly as well like a blue ass fly little striped yeah. fly is um yeah. you can see what tactics they get up to I think they'll press a bit then they'll then they'll defend and then they'll try and boot the ball down the pitch and get us they do play that very long ball for the winger to go that um Isaac to get it and 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 cut in and that's almost a kind of just uh, um a championship routine that one it's a, a big boot and run as quickly yeah, as you effective, can effective though. Yeah, uh, very effective. I tell you what, Joe Linton being out for them is is good news because yeah. he's actually yeah. quite fundamental to the way they play. But that what's it, Bruto Gumerera? Gumer, can't ever pronounce. You know, it. Yeah, yeah, Gumerera, yeah. whatever his name is. Yeah. Gumerera's or whatever his name is. He's a good player he's too. Good. He's nasty. Yeah. He's a really combative midfielder, and I he can stick it up you. Look, our record against Newcastle in cup competitions is fascinatingly good. Uh, I mean, we've played them in all games seventy eight times. 40, uh, sorry, we played them a lot more than that. We've won 78, drawn 40, lost 56. In the cup matches, we've won nine, drawn two and lost four. That's, what, that's across all cup matches. We've played them a lot in the FA Cup, funnily enough, and going way back. Uh, 1911, 1915, 1932. Uh, but we were winning. Uh, the League Cup specifically, we've played them five times. Uh, 92, 2001, 2004, 2006 and 2010. And uh, Three of those have been at home, two of them up there. We've won four of them uh, and lost one of them. In fact, the the one we <laughs> lost uh, was the last time we played them, back in September 2010, where we lost 3-4. Now, the funny thing about that game, I don't know if you boys remember it, that's when Josh McCreckran came on and was the best player on the pitch. He was absolutely brilliant. And I, and I yeah. still left that game thinking, actually, we'd won 3-2. Because I was actually very high up in the East Stand behind a pillar 
which obscured the goal in the Matthew Harding end. So I decided that, that actually Newcastle hadn't scored the two goals that made them win the game because I hadn't actually seen them. But I do remember it for Josh McCreckran, Marco. You remember that match? I do. I remember Josh McCreckran having a party. He did. Yes, absolutely. He was very good, wasn't he? What he What was... went wrong? Well, I think he was unfortunately a victim of um, the manager merry-go-round at uh, Chelsea. So I, was, I, I remember, I can't remember if it was the following season. To, I remember being up at Blackpool on a, it was a rearranged game. It was up on what night of the week it was on. McEachern sort of boss midfield. We, I remember, I remember I'd, I'd acquired some curly wigs um, and we were selling these on the stall and everybody at Blackpool was wearing them to keep their heads warm. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, Josh McEachern, my God, look at it. Look at his career since he left Chelsea. Yeah, downhill. Play for Reading. Brentford. Play for, for Brentford. Mm, yeah. Milton Keynes, Dons. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? You know, but there we go. Hey-ho, um, right, I agree with you both. I think it's, and particularly you, Marco, I think it's, uh, oh, hang on, sorry, we've got a fact from Mark uh, on Mixler. The other fact from that game is we had a player sent off before he came on and losing. You need to explain that one, Mark. I can't remember. I vaguely remember somebody getting sent off, but you need to explain. Uh, I do think it's vital for the season, this. I mean, like you said earlier on, it's the most important match uh, this so far this season, it's therefore Poch's most important match so far this season. Um, of course, at the back of my mind is that it would be rather joyous if Pochettino could win a trophy at Chelsea in his first season, which would get a lot of the naysayers off his back. Oh, you never won anything, has he? You know, um, I mean, the reason he never won anything, he was managing Southampton and Spurs. You know, that's that's why that's why he didn't win anything <laughs> for fuck's sake. So I think it's really important for him. And he was saying as much, wasn't he, in his press conference, JK. But uh, I just think it would give... Marco's right. It would give us that confidence boost, give us a semi-final to look forward to. What do you reckon? Um, yeah, it'd be great to win tonight, tomorrow night. It'd be great. Love it. I know we've been and, going on a long time. It isn't quite uh, Tuesday morning yet. but Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just felt like it in my bones. I know. Um, I know the feeling, mate. Oh, dear. Uh yeah, uh, what does he have to do to get them to to perform at a higher level? Well, we've seen them do it against City when it yeah, counted. Indeed. You know, we but know they can yeah. do it. Yeah, let's let's hope he can replicate that. Let's hope that uh, um, he manages to get that kind of performance out of them. If Casado plays as well as he played on Saturday, um, if Fernandez is up for it, if Gallagher doesn't get sent off and he's he's right at the top of his game. And Palmer is allowed the space to to weave his magic, and Sterling um, Sterling runs into the penalty and gets chopped, and we get lots of penalties. Um, uh, and Badia Shield doesn't let one of them wander into the six yard box and have a header. I mean, lots of ifs and buts, but you know, uh, it's what it is at the moment, isn't it? Watching the team. So yeah, it would be great to win. It'd be great. Then we get a decent draw in the semi final, and be great. Even if we get to the final, that'd be fantastic. Making a statement, and that would be improvement. But we, uh, it, there's a lot of improvement to uh, to hope for, and let's let's hope it happens. Right, you know? indeed. Now, stick a number on it, Jake. I mean, my own personal view is I hope it doesn't go to penalties. So, what God. what are you saying? What's your what's your prediction? 
2-1 to the Chelsea. Aye, 2-1 to Blue Boys. Aye, right, lovely. Now, Marco, uh, who had us... Uh, uh, you, you had a bit of a mare at the weekend with the old Prem prediction. We were talking about okay. this on, on Saturday, weren't we? Uh, I'll tell you, we had a bloody stonking weekend. Mr Wickham. He's, he's, he's marched he's, right he's up... Yeah, yeah. He's marched right up the table as a concert. He got about 130-odd points or something. So he, he's leapfrogged me. So there you go. So uh, what are you going to go for for tomorrow? I think... Chelsea, I, I think this might go the distance, this game. And I think Cole Palmer is going to score the penalty that sends Chelsea through to the semi-finals. Mm. So, a win on pens. What, what do you reckon? Is, what, what, is it extra time is first? It, is it, is it straight to pens, no extra time? I can't remember. With no, this nor thing. can I. They're changing all the bloody time, aren't they? I, I can't remember is the honest answer. Um, so there you go. So you're saying a draw, basically, and then penalties, and then we get through there. I'm going to go for 1-0, a horribly nerve-wracking 1-0 to Chelsea. Okay, now... When sat- do we score that goal? Huh? When do we score that goal? We score the goal at the beginning, do we? Yeah, I think. And- yeah, and then we just hang on. That's That's how I think it's going to go. Um, sadly, I won't be there to witness it because, of course, I have to work uh, midweek, as we all know, and therefore will not be able to join you all in the pub. I won't be able to see Marco on the stool. So there we go. So think of me sitting on my little own, watching it on the TV. But there you go. Um, say la vie. Not a lot I can do about that. So uh, I think we're rounding it off in a positive way. We all want to see Chelsea win tomorrow. Of course we do. Now, we'll be back on Friday for the main preview show with me and JK and the absolutely magnificent Clayton Beerman at half past seven looking ahead to Sunday's match against Wolves. And that, in fact, will be our last show before Christmas, obviously, because uh, we won't be doing a show on Christmas Day. Much as I love you, uh, no. So uh, we'll be back, I think, the following Friday, as I recall. But uh, So there we go. Preview show on Friday. Just a quick reminder about in off the post. Uh, if you want to email the show, the email address is chelseafancast at gmail.com and when we get enough, we'll do an in-off-the-post show. JK? Uh, no extra time in uh, Carabao Cup games until the semi-final. Good. So they only hang, have to hang on for about an hour then? Yeah. That's my belief. Yes. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, so uh, in-off-the-post, chelseafancast at gmail.com. We'll read your emails out. We always do. Brilliant. Now, you can show you can follow the show on all the social media at chelseafancast, me at Stanfordshire, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, and Marco at Gate 17. Marco, brilliant to see you on the show, me old China. Lovely to have you on. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure, Pleasure as always. Absolutely. Speaking sense, as always. Delightful to see you, JK, on Fine Fettle tonight. Uh, enjoy the match tomorrow, you two. I shall be thinking of you as I'm sitting in front of my TV. You taking any yeah. guests tomorrow for, for Roast Swan? Uh, I haven't got one at the moment. It's going to be an adventure. Hmm. We'll see. I'll be wandering around Fulham Broadway, tapping somebody up. Yes. There we go. Well, have fun. I know you will. Uh, let's hope we bring it home because it'd be great, as you said, to to get into some, a semi-final. Right. Lovely. We're off. Thanks for listening. See you on Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep it chills.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.